Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Go ahead and open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Philippians in the third chapter. And uh, we'll pretty much stay right, right there tonight. Everybody comfortable? Everybody good? Awesome. Good to see everybody tonight. Glad you made it out for Tuesday night service. If, uh, if you ever read through Philippians before, chapter number three, um, it's interesting because what Paul does here is uh, he pretty much just shares his story, you know? And, uh, and he shares his story with the church in Philippi. And the church in Philippi was a unique, it was a unique church. In fact, I think this, I think it's been said, and if you read through it, you kind of pick up on it, that the church in Philippi may have had a real, real, uh, real tender spot in the heart of Paul, maybe been his favorite church, you know, because of some of the things he says in writing uh, and giving a report to that church. But here in chapter number three, what he does is he pretty much shares his story, you know, and, um, and he shares it with the church. And, and his story, his story in sharing it, uh, he talks about his past, his present, uh, and his future, you know. And we're going we're gonna to jump into that uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but I thought about this. I thought about the fact that everybody's got a story, right? Uh, everybody has a story. Uh, I enjoyed hearing uh, some of your stories on Sunday night, Pie and Praise. That was a fun time, wasn't it? Did you enjoy that? It was, it, was, uh, it was awesome eating those pies, and they were delicious. Uh, I know a lot of them were not homemade. <laughs> but you did a good job covering that up. Um, but they were good. And, uh, but then more than the pies uh, was the praise, you know. And it was enjoyable for me because, you know, we're still, Don and I are still new here, and so we're getting to know everybody. And so when you, when you share your story, when you share a testimony, you know, you're giving, you're, giving us, um, you're giving us a snapshot of your life, right? Isn't that what a testimony is? You know, uh, I know Brother Tyler uh, asked me before we got into the service, he said, you think I don't put this kind of this framework together? I said, yeah, I said, because some people don't have short stories, they got long stories, <laughs> you know, and all we want is a snapshot of your life. And it's interesting, isn't it? You know, when, when somebody shares a testimony, when you share your story, right? You, everybody has one, don't you? Everybody got a story, you know? And when you share your story, you're allowing somebody to just take a, just a peek, you know, just a glance of your life, you know? And your story, like Paul's story, a uh, common thread is, you know, there's some of the past and present and future. So when you share your story, you might be talking about something that happened. I listened to my, my dear sister here. Uh, she's just sitting right here, so I just snapped and popped in my mind. But she shared a couple of testimonies. Oh, and she, she took over, you know. <laughs> but she gave just a snapshot of some of the things that happened in her life. And so that was a part of her past, Right. And then I, I recall uh, Nathan over here, you know, he thanked God for everything. 
you know, past, present, and, and the future, you know. And so that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is doing in this text as he shares his story. And he begins in chapter number 3, in verse number 1, uh, and really verse number 4 and 5 with his past. Take a look at it with me. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He said, to write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it's safe. He encourages them to beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Amen right there. Verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Now, he's now going to talk about himself a bit, right? So, have no confidence in the flesh. Now, he's speaking to the church in Philippi. And, you know, every time you read one of these letters in the New Testament going to one of these churches, you have to be aware of the fact that uh, these churches don't have a lot of history. These are freshly planted churches. And you know what a freshly planted church is made up of? New Christians, right? Say that three times, freshly planted churches. Uh, but they're made up of new Christians, right? Uh, I mean, first-generation converts. And guess what new Christians come with? Say this with me, a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. I mean, you get saved, you start coming to church. I mean, you bring everything with you. I don't mean your family members, but you bring all your baggage with you, Right? And so Paul is now dealing with these, these New Testament churches, Philippi, and what he says, says to them in verse number uh, three, 1 and 2, he's giving a warning, but then he begins to talk about having confidence in the flesh. And, and he makes it personal. He's sharing his heart. He's sharing his story. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, what does he say? I more. And so what does he do now? He begins to share his, just a snapshot of his story, and he begins in verse number five, and he says this, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You see that? So now he's sharing, he's sharing his story with, uh, with, the, with the church there in Philippi. And I want to just go through that with you for a moment because he highlights, he's sharing the most important parts. And what he's speaking about here is this, he's speaking about his pedigree, right? I mean, when you share your story, you, you, you know, you pull a little bit from the past, you know, you share your salvation story. I would say this, and I was born into a Roman Catholic uh, family, my, all my family were Roman Catholics, and my, my grandfather came over from Italy, and are you with me? And, and I, I, grew up, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and, and I went to Catholic school from first grade till I graduated. And, and when I was in around, oh, I don't know, fourth grade, fifth grade, I became an altar boy. You know, so if you want to talk about Catholics, you want to talk about being a Catholic, I was a Catholic. You know, my mother was a Catholic. Her mother was a Catholic. Her mother was a Catholic. Her mother was a Catholic. You see what Paul's saying here? He's talking about his pedigree. And what he mentions is this. He talks about being circumcised the eighth day. Now, he's talking about his pedigree, right? 
And, and basically, if you check that out, what he's saying is this. You know, I was in exact, complete compliance to the law. Right? Now, stay, stay tuned, because he's going to make a big shift here. But he says, if you want to talk about being a Jew, you know, me, I was circumcised on the eighth day in the exact way the law says I should have been. In fact, what the law said, if you were a Hebrew boy, uh, your parents, when you were born as a Hebrew boy, on the eighth day, they needed to take you to the temple so that you could be circumcised. Paul says, just like the law says, I followed that, or my parents followed that. And then he says this in verse 5. He says, of the stock of Israel. Of the stock of Israel. What he's saying is this. I can trace my lineage, I can trace my heritage all the way back to the patriarchs. I'm not a proselyte. I didn't come in the back door. No, he said, I'm, I, I mean, to tell you, I'm of the stock of Israel. I can trace my lineage back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he doesn't stop there because then he says this, of the tribe of Benjamin. And if you know anything about the tribes of Israel, you know this, only two remained faithful in the, in the rebellion, and the two were Benjamin and Judah. They were the two faithful tribes. So Paul is saying this, now get this, if you want to talk about pedigree, if you want to talk about having confidence in the flesh, I can speak more because, I mean to tell you, I was, I was circumcised the eighth day, I can trace my lineage all the way back to the patriarchs. I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. And he says this, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In other words, what he's saying is this, I am enjoying every privilege derived from being a Hebrew. Right? Uh, a Pharisee, he says. Look, look, look at verse 5 again. Hebrew of Hebrews touching the law. A Pharisee. And, you know, if you know anything about being a Pharisee, you know this. They were the most strict, the most strictest sect of the Jews, right? I mean, they kept every law possible, the positives and the negatives. And there were several hundred, you know, laws. You know, thou shalt and thou shalt not. Paul's speaking about his pedigree. And then he says in verse number six, if that's not enough, concerning zeal, you want to talk about being zealous? What does he say there? Persecuting the church. I mean, you can't get any more zealous than that. Isn't that right? I mean, Paul was one of the, one of the leaders in trying to, you know, uh, stamp out Christianity. Do so you want to talk about zeal? I mean, you want to compare, compare apples to apples? That's persecuting the church. And then he says this in verse number five, touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. In other words, what he's saying is this. If anybody could have been saved by keeping the law, it was me. Did you get that? So what's Paul's doing? He, he's sharing his story with the church of Philippi. And he begins by sharing a little bit of his past. He's trying to identify with them, right? And he goes through his pedigree. But then he says in verse number 7, look at the text. He says, uh, but what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ. In other words, you know what he's saying there? Here's what he's saying. He says, all those things that I really thought were valuable were, were nothing but hindrances. They were just hindrances. In fact, at one point he calls them, look at verse number eight. Uh, he goes on and says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss 
for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but what? Dung. You know what dung is? It's waste. And so he says, the things that I really thought were valuable, the things that I clung to, the things that I really thought made me who I was, it's waste. They were more of a hindrance than a help. He's talking about his, his past. And he says, it just, it just doesn't matter anymore. Now stay with me right here. Everybody's got a past. Isn't that right? I'm looking out and there's some young people here tonight. And so I'm looking at, I'm looking at the two Austin girls here. You have Hope and Kate, and they're young. How old are you girls? Give me a, give me a quick age. Say it again. Nine? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. If you put that together, it comes to 17, right? That's still not much of a history, isn't it? I won't ask Sister Lillian how old she is, of course, and we know how old Preacher is. He was around, taught, I think he taught Moses in Sunday school, so we know how old he is. But we all have a history, right? I can say this, Kate, you're eight, right? You're eight? All right, so Kate, uh, two weeks ago, you were, you, a week ago, you were on vacation. You were in Tennessee. Tell me a little bit about your vacation. That's her history now, right? We all have a history. Now, isn't it true that some of our history is messy? <laughs> some of us, when we tell our story, now pay, pay attention right here. When we tell our story, there's some parts of that past that we, we just don't talk about. Isn't that right? I mean, I'll tell you, you, you say, preacher, share your testimony. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what I was. I, I wasn't saved when I was a boy. I didn't get saved until I was uh, 19 years old. And I'll tell you, from, I told you this, I think, the other day, from the age of 13 to 19, I really messed up big time. You know? And I, I can tell you some of, the things that I, some of the things I did, but there's some things that I did you'll never know. <laughs> there's some things I did even Mrs. Genizzi doesn't know. You know why that is? Because I'm too ashamed to speak it. Huh? Too ashamed to speak it. Now, there's a whole lot that we can say about the past, and maybe some other time, maybe we should talk about, you know, the past and how to get past the past, you know? But what I like here in this text of Scripture, um, in, in, at least with Paul's, is the best part of the past is it's the past. Are you with me? Huh? And even though, even though sometimes we'll, you know, we'll reference the past, we certainly don't want to live in the past. You know? We need to get past the past. And so you know what Paul does? Paul moves on. And that's pretty good counsel sometimes. Sometimes we just need to move on. Well, if you get real quiet, that means preachers stop there for a second and interrogate. Huh? Sometimes we need to move on because the past can't be redone. You can't relive it, and there's nothing you can do about it. So what does Paul do? He moves on. Look, 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 at, the, uh, look at the next verse. Look at verse 9. We read verse 8. He says, he says this at the end of verse number 8. He says, and I do count all the dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. That's what he had prior to salvation. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God, which is by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, 
being made conformable unto his death. Now he's talking about his today. His today. We all have a today, right? That's our, that's our present life. You know, that's the day in which we live uh, today. So Paul now begins to share his desire to know Christ. So he says, this is what I used to be, but now I've counted all of that as waste. It was a real hindrance in my life. And my desire now, simply my desire now is just to know him, just to know him. And, and, and then he desires, uh, he says this, I also desire to have the power of God upon my life and ministry. So I desire to know him and be empowered by him. In fact, in verse number 10, he talks about, you know, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. In other words, what he's saying is this, with the same power that God resurrected him from the grave is that power I want to have inside of me. Well, that's a great testimony of Paul, isn't it? Huh? He desires to be found faithful. Uh, look what he says in verse number 12. I like this. In verse 12, he says, Not as though I had already attained. You see that? Either we're already perfect. So you know what Paul's saying? Look at verse 13. I count not myself to have apprehended. You know what he's saying? He's saying this. I know, I know I've, I've not arrived yet. Here's the apostle Paul, right? Sharing his story little shot, snapshot, little testimony. And he says this, here, here's what I was, but here's what I am, and here's what I know, that I've not yet arrived. I've not attained or apprehended. But I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So let's pause for a second, and let, let, me, ask you, let me ask you this about your today, about your present life, about where you are right now. Can you speak like Paul? Can, can, can you say, I know that I've not arrived, but I'm on my way. Amen. I'm on my way. Are you on your way? Are you on your way? Uh, let me ask you this. What's the Lord doing in your life today? Think about that for a second. Now, I'm not going to ask you to speak out, but think about that. What's the Lord doing in your life today? What does the Lord want to do in your life today? And are you allowing the Lord to work in your life today? Huh? What does your today look like? Is it any better than this day last year? What's the Lord doing in our lives? I wrote down a couple of thoughts here that I just want to try to convey to you. I'm amazed sometimes of how some Christian folk, born-again folk, make the trade of the eternal for the temporal. I stand amazed sometimes at that, you know? And, and it seems, I don't know why it is, and maybe it's not, but it seems that it's more today than ever before, where born-again folk, Christian folk, church folk, are trading the eternal for the temporal. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how wishy-washy Christianity has become? Have you noticed how shallow some people's walks are? Uh, I thought about this, how amazed I am at how many allow one thing or the other to cloud their focus. Huh? It doesn't take much for God's kids to lose focus. I'm amazed at how easy it is for some to, now pay attention right here, lose their identity. I'm amazed by that. 
Huh? I was speaking, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, within the last month or so on a Sunday night, and we talked about, I think, I think the, the, the word separation popped up. And, of course, that's not a, that's not a you, you hear separation, you don't get positive thoughts. We should, but we usually don't. And I remember saying this in the message, how that we've abandoned truth because we've been hurt by some legalist. Help me here. How many of us in this room have been hurt by a legalist? Would you raise your hand, please? Wow. Come on, more than that. How many have been hurt by a legalist? You know what I mean by that, right? Somebody put this yoke of bondage upon your neck, and they made you live according to their convictions, their desires, their... In fact, we've had pastors like that. In fact, I have to be honest, I used to be one years ago where it was more about what we're against than what we're for, where it was more about the uniform, what you wore on the outside than what you wore on the inside. Now, many won't admit that, but I'm willing to do that. That's all wrong. That's all wrong. But the message isn't that. The message is because we've been hurt by legalism, we've abandoned the faith, and we've lost our identity. And now we don't know what we are. Huh? It doesn't matter any longer what Bible we use. It doesn't matter anymore what music we listen to. It makes no difference what church we go to or even if we go to church. And God forbid if it's more than just a Sunday morning service. That's certainly legalistic. Huh? In fact, if Jesus Christ were preaching here this Sunday night, there's still some that wouldn't come because it's Sunday night. Help me here. I'm amazed at how we've lost our identity, so easily have lost our identity. We have so easily have abandoned our faith. So what's that got to do with our today? Everything. Because that's what we're struggling with today. And the younger generations are, now they're, they're just in the, in the comparing game. But they're not comparing apples with apples. It's apples with oranges, or apples with lemons, or apples with limes, or apples with pineapples. It's watermelons and cantaloupes. <laughs> Are you with me? Oh, yeah. But Paul says, the things that I thought were gain, I've counted as loss. And you know what people are doing? In trading the, the eternal for the temporal, they're going back to the things they thought were gain. Help me here. Where you get real quiet sometimes. Paul says, Paul says, I've made the trade. I've made the trade, and all I want is Jesus. <laughs> Just give me more of Jesus. Give me more of Jesus. Forgetting the past. And then he says this. Read down with me in verse number 13. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind the past, and then what? Reaching forth unto those things which are before. He says in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul says, Paul begins to talk about his future now. His, you know, talked about his past and what was going on in his life that day. But now this is what I'm looking forward to, the future. While it's true, no one knows what the future holds. Here's what we love to say. Are you listening? 
We, we have no idea what the future holds, but we love to say, but we know who holds the future. Come on. Don't we like to say that? I have no idea what tomorrow may bring, but I know the one who holds my tomorrow. I have no idea what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. Or do we? Or do we? Think about it. Do we? Uh, we say, I believe that God holds my future. We believe God's got a plan for our life, but we're very much in control of what we do. Huh? Right? I mean to tell you, oh, God is so good, and God's got a plan for my life. I'm not living it. I believe he does. I'm not living it. I'm not going that way. I have no interest in it. Amen? But that's what we like to say. You know, life is a series of decisions, isn't it? One decision leads to the next, and before you know it, we are a sum total of the decisions we've made up to this point. Correct? You know, you and I are what we've decided to be. Our future is dependent upon the decisions we make from today on out. Several years ago, I preached a message on a Sunday night, and the title was this. Today was tomorrow yesterday. Flash that up if you would. Today was tomorrow yesterday. Think about that for a second. I just said this. Our life is a culmination of our decisions. And today was tomorrow yesterday. Or in other words, flash it if you would. Yesterday, when we spoke about today, we called it tomorrow. Right? So, Tyler, you and I had conversation yesterday, and we said, tomorrow. Well, guess what? Tomorrow's over here. See how quick tomorrow came? You know what that means? Man, life, life just, whew, it just zooms by, you know? It's kind of, man, it just makes your, you know, your hair blow back sometimes. It goes so quick. And what Paul begins to speak about here in this text is not just tomorrow, but our tomorrows. Look at it again. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. In other words, what are we going to live for? What are we living for? I thought, I thought as Christians we're supposed to be living for the eternal, <coughs> right? Supposed to be living for, and that doesn't mean we abandon our life today, we stop enjoying life today, but we live at a higher calling for eternal things. Amen? Amen? John speaks a little bit about this. Would you join me in one place, and, and then we'll, we'll kind of close. And 1 John, if, if you would, and chapter, 1 John, and chapter number 3. I love the way John speaks about the future here. Verse 1, John says this. He says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. There's a lot that can be said about that, right? We won't go there. Verse 2, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so he says in verse 3, as a result, every man that hath this hope in him, in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So what's he saying here? 
<laughs> Paul, Paul and John, I mean, they're on, the same, they're on the same page. Paul is saying, you know, I've abandoned my past because it was nothing but dung, it was waste, and now I'm living for something of eternal value. And John says this, now we're going to see him one day, and we're going to be just like him because we're going to see him just as he is. Mm, that's rich. I like that song, We Shall Behold Him. That's an old song. We shall behold him, for we shall be like him. So you know what this is? This is an education for heaven. Think about it. This is an education for heaven. You know, we're trying to get everything worked out so that when we end up there, you know, we're going to one day, we're going to be like him. Did you ever sing that song, This Is My Story? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Huh? So Paul says, let me share a little bit of my story. Share a little bit of the past, the present, and the future. And in so doing, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I said this on Sunday, and I'll finish with this thought. Gratitude, praise and gratitude are intentional. Right? It's intentional. Praise and gratitude, they're intentional. And so my encouragement to us, let's be intentional. Amen? Let's be intentional this Thanksgiving week. Brother Aaron's going to come lead us in a song. Let's pray before he does. We'll give him a chance to get to their place. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you've given us a story. And all of our stories involve our past and our todays and then our tomorrows. And help us to realize that as we speak about tomorrow, it'll be here before we blink. And so the decisions we make today are valid and are important. And I would pray that you'll, you'll help us not to lose ourselves in this world, lose ourselves in this culture, lose ourselves in this identity crisis. But help us, God, to know exactly who we are. Help us to move forward. Help us to be fresh and relevant. Help us to be alive for Christ. Help us to be a living testimony. When people see our lives, may they see there's something different. May it not be our uniform, but may it be the, just a picture of our heart, the love of Christ, the grace that's been bestowed. And as we celebrate this Thanksgiving week, I pray that our hearts would be intentional to give you praise. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.